make this time to love the Lord. I give you praise, Jesus. I give you praise, Almighty God, for your goodness and your mercy. Lord, you are great. Your love and your spirit, your power and your glory. Let your beautiful will be done in our hearts and our lives. Help us to yield to your holy presence. We have a Bible this morning. We're going to take a look at God's Word. And very nice to see each and every one of you here. I'm turning to the book of Psalms. Psalm 51 this morning. Psalm 51. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. Thank the good God of heaven and earth to be in his house. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Beautiful chapter here in the book of Psalms. And uh, I'm going to just go ahead and begin with verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, to blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight. That thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Please play it pay attention particularly to verse 6. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. And everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. I'd like to try to minister this morning on inner truth for the inward man. Inward truth for the inward man. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. So your Bible teaches you as you begin to see things in an overall picture that you're not just looking while we do study verse by verse or subject matter, yes, rightly dividing the word of truth, but also you begin to, the more you familiarize yourself with the word of God and the longer that you're a part of the body of Christ or coming to services listening, uh, you're going to find that, of course, there's an overall plan, a big picture, and you begin to see how things uh, are woven together so that you can uh, begin to see that there, there is a God who is our God, and he, in seeing the big picture, he begins to show you that this is, of course, well thought out and well crafted. By the mind of the Spirit. It's not hodgepodge and it's not spotty. Uh, it, is, it is well themed and well versed and, and properly done. It is truly an amazing thing, the shadows and the types, the way that God has fitly framed things together. And that, of course, was, it is made clear to us that before the foundation of the world, 
his mind has already all taken place. He sees it all. He truly sees the beginning to the ending. I'm turning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16. And here the word of God states, for that for this, for which cause we faint not, but though our outward man, I'd like you to notice that term, outward man, perish. Yet the inward, everybody said inward. The inward man is renewed day by day. Quite a contrast there between the outward man and the inward man. And you are going to have to realize that in Genesis chapter 1, when God's Spirit began to move and He began the creative act, and He, of course, had light, He made He created light, He created darkness, and He began to do everything that He did on the six days there. Well, the Bible, of course, teaches on that sixth day that He created man. And He created man after His own image and His own likeness. The Bible, of course, teaches us that God is a spirit. It tells us that plainly, John 4 and 24, God is a spirit. So we have a spiritual God, and there is a whole spiritual realm, world. And here we have uh, man being created. And please don't confuse that with what you will read a little bit later in Genesis, how that God formed man from the dust of the earth. That's your outer. So when God created man, that's our act of creation. And when God formed man, that's your formation. The creation is your spiritual or your inward man and your outward man is then your formation. So once again, you have your inward and you have your outward man. It's important to Take this into your heart and you're getting some Bible perspective and getting some of the mind of God about things because uh, God is definitely going to deal with the salvation side of things, the spiritual side of things, the real side of things, and that's going to be with the inward man. As you have just read with me, he said, For which cause we faint not, or though our outward man perish. In other words, there's going to be a lot of things that happen here in this natural realm, in this natural world, and they're going to affect your outward individual, your, your body, your casing, uh, that which is seen in the natural eye. This is, there's going to be problems. There's going to be diseases. There's going to be sicknesses. There's going to be afflictions. There's going to be just that that daily, uh, that gravity, if you please, and that part of us that Ecclesiastes talked about, when your, when your five senses begin to diminish, and your outward man, in other words, begins to diminish. Uh, but the inward man, he's saying, is renewed day by day. Okay? And so we cannot stop the, the aging process. Now, they'd like to do that, and they certainly are touting and selling creams and uh, plastic surgeries and all kinds of things that uh, man will do in an attempt to uh, ward off this outward man perishing. 
but the, uh, the problem is that, uh, what did the writer say, though, the skin worms, you know, eat my flesh. That time will come, and it is appointed unto man once to die. But after that, there'll be a judgment, and there's going to be a heaven, and there's going to be a hell in everybody's life. And I'm praying for all of us to choose heaven, and if you're going to have that, then we've got to get to work on this inward man because God desires truth on the inward man. And he said, sanctify them with thy word. Thy word is truth. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. So in Romans chapter 7, I'd like to help you out a little bit here. And uh, Romans chapter 7, now this chapter deals with so much of the outward because with the outward you have the flesh. And the flesh represents that which is the enmity or the enemy of God, as does our natural, carnal, unregenerated mind. And so he says here in uh, chapter 7 of Romans, verse 22, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. Now he just got done going through how that this outward man is constantly finding itself opposed uh, by a spirit and that uh, the outward man is subject to so many things and winds up behind the eight ball to begin with. That, as Job said, man is born of a woman a few days and like the sparks flying upward, full of trouble, just trouble. In my flesh, Paul said, dwelleth no good thing. So we, we have to realize that there is a, a battle here and that Satan in uh, working through the serpent and uh, appealing to that weaker nature, that flesh, got Eve to begin to question just exactly what was said. And, you know, hath God said, if you partake of this tree, thou shalt surely die? Hath God said? It's a question. It's in, in, uh, brought about to inject a little doubt, to make you pause and say, is, is that what he said? You know, it's to inject that kind of doubt. And doubt and fear and unbelief are major weapons of the enemy. He uses those spirits to confuse mankind. And as you know, Eve made the wrong choice and she uh, disobeyed God. And God's word to her was very plain. And... Uh, Unfortunately, I guess she felt like, I don't know what thoughts passed through her mind. You know, God didn't really mean it, or um, surely he's such a good God, he wouldn't do that. So many different things, you know, and can't be anything wrong with this. Yeah, it's good to look upon, and so on and so forth. Many, many rationalizations that begin to work, and spirits that were just swirling all over the place. But as you know, she was called to give an account, as was Adam. And uh, Adam, you know, they say that the woman is supposed to be, the Bible said, the weaker vessel. But uh, I feel like Adam showed himself pretty weak right about then. And uh, he allowed Eve to turn his head and, and convince him that, here, you take a bite now. And I didn't say apple, because the Bible doesn't say that, okay? It's the fruit of that tree of life. And uh, so you want to be careful about that, all right? Let's stick with the Bible. And uh, so whatever the fruit was, she decided it was good to look upon, and somehow in all the rationalizations, 
she disobeyed God. And then she couldn't be alone. Now, you know, people can't do wrong and just be them. They got to go get somebody else. And so she spread her tail. And her, it was really the devil's tail, wasn't it? And uh, she began to spread that. That's where she got it from. She got it from the devil. And, uh, of course, nobody ever wants to uh, acknowledge that. It's always, you know, well, the Lord told me to pull the trigger. You know. And uh, it's, it's just amazing the things that get laid off on God. But uh, there are times, as it is written in your Bible, for example, there will come a time, and it has come, and it will continue to expand itself, uh, that Jesus said that uh, men will kill in my name and think that they're serving God in doing that. And, and there are many things that people do wrong, and they, and they want to lay it off as they're doing it in the name of God. So we do have this Bible. We do have chapter and verse. We do have uh, good instruction here to help us and to discern. Uh, we can have an experience in our lives that can help us to discern both good and evil. And, of course, Adam and Eve paid the price, and they were put out. And God moved them from his presence, and it was a, a terrible thing, and of course it was. And, they, and it, it had an effect then on all of mankind from then till now, and will until the first resurrection. And everybody said amen. amen. But in all of this, God put out a promise. And God said that he, in other words, was going to take care of business. And he was going to see to it that there was going to be a way of escape. And so God, looking at sin that separates us from him, God began, at least I'll say began in what came in the word, like I said, already took place in, all, in his mind. But God began to show through his word that there was going to be a remedy to this situation. And in the overall, that was that there would be a lineage and it would bring to us the Messiah, the Christ, the Anointed One the one that was going to bring the gathering of the people unto him. He would be the one that would uh, like, like unto Moses. And uh, he would, the people would gather unto him, and the people would look to him. And he would bring the deliverance. He would bring the salvation. And he's literally called, capital D, proper noun, the deliverer. And so out of, uh, out of God's spirit and word and power and glory came the deliverer. As he showed in the Old Testament, as I told you, if you watch the whole thing, then you begin to see the connection of it all. And it, putting it all together begins to give you a great big picture. And so uh, all the time you read the Old Testament how that the people would do wrong and then they would, shall we say, be smitten in their conscience and also in their terrible circumstances because, you know, the devil told them everything was going to be all right and everything was going to be just fine. And you know that disobedient criminal type mind always thinks like that. That it's all going to work out just fine. And then when it doesn't, then they're like the little piggy that went wee, wee, wee all the way home. And so they, man begin to, just like in Egypt, they begin to call upon the Lord. And of course God in his great mercy, he, he heard them and he was waiting for that cry and the timing of it and hopefully the lessons that would be learned. And as they called upon him, then of course, that's when he sent Moses. And all through the history of it, you begin to see how that they would call upon the Lord and how that he would bring a deliverance and he would send. Old Testament sometimes called them judges. 
and different ones that he would raise up and he would call and send forth to deliver the people from their enemy and from the bondage and the difficulty and the problems that bring sin and Satan brings into a life. And so the time came when we uh, saw that they vexed God, the Bible said, ten times until God finally said, okay, now this one's it. We're going we're gonna to take a, a, a brief respite here. We're going to take a little sabbatical here. <laughs> we're going to take a little space here. And so there was uh, a foretelling, and then there was what is referred to as 400 years of silence. Before that 400 years of silence came and before God allowed different marauding tribes and nations to overrun the pleasant land, Israel and Canaan land, and the land that flowed with milk and honey, before all of that took place and the destruction of the temple, uh, the, the Bible teaches that um, God began to tell again and again that there was going to come a time that he was going to visit the people and he was going to bring an oh-so-great salvation. Jeremiah 31 and 33, the Lord spoke about he was going to have a covenant that was going to be on the inward part. He was going to deal with the heart. He was going to do something on the inside. And so that's because, and the reason he said was because I gave them a covenant, we had an agreement, and they broke it. So we're going to bring you a new one now. Uh, if you please, it's, I don't want to say the rules are going to change, but they're going to be fulfilled. What's going to take place is that things that I've shown through my word in shadows, in types, in previews, now they're going to be fulfilled. And so... 400 years of silence hit pretty much to the second. And then the time came when an angel comes. And he says, you're going to have a son. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And so according to the word of the Lord, the same spirit that said, let there be light, and there was light. The same spirit said, let there be conception, and there was conception. And the Bible said that which was conceived in that virgin woman Mary was of the Holy Spirit. It was of the Spirit of the Lord, and His Spirit is holy. And so after the due course of nature, because this flesh now is going, this babe is going to have the nature of Abraham, not going to have the nature of angels, going to have the nature of Abraham, because he's going to grow in grace and knowledge and in years. And he will be a high priest. And he will be able to be touched with the feelings of your weaknesses and your inadequacies and your falling downs because he's going to be tempted in all points like you are. And yet, he's going to be without sin. He's going to be that perfect, spotless lamb of the Spirit. He's going to be that body prepared that is going to give himself on the cross. He's going to give himself to beatings. He's going to give himself to spittings upon. He's going to give himself to a crown of thorns. He's going to give himself to humiliation. He's going to give himself to being wounded and even buried with the transgressors. All of these things he will do as the Lamb of the Spirit that you might have healing and that you might have salvation, that you might know forgiveness of your sins and that you might have the promise of eternal life. He's going to do all of this, and it's going to happen because he's going to put something on the inward part for you. He's going to give himself on that cross and be buried and rise again on the third day so that he can purchase the gift 
of the Holy Ghost. He's going to make it possible that he will not leave you without comfort, but he will come unto you. And he will be in you in that day, and you will know it. And that he will give to you a guide. He will be there to lead and guide you into all truth. He will be there on every, every 24-7, 365 and a quarter. He'll never sleep, and he will never slumber, and he will never lead you falsely. He will never teach you to sin and to be disobedient and to be rebellious. As a matter of fact, he's going to deliver you from those spirits. He's going to cast out the devil that gets in the hearts of human beings, in that fleshly heart, in that carnal mind, encased in what was called in Romans 7, this body of death. A body that is filled with sin. In it dwells no good thing in this flesh. And he's going to bring such a great miracle. And so it came to pass that after he died on the cross and after he shed the blood of God, his Father, that's a reference to the Spirit, and the reference to the Son is the flesh. In that flesh dwell the fullness of the very God or the Spirit bodily. And everybody said amen. And so the Spirit withdrew from that body that which you can see with your eyes and feel with your hands, the Spirit withdrew from that body. And three days later, the Spirit re-entered that body and raised it up from the dead and showed Him alive, fulfilling the promise of the Scriptures and that He would not be left uh, in hell and that he, and he did go there to visit and to preach and bring the message. Yes, He did. And He made it possible now. He's arisen from the dead. He leads His disciples out to a place called the Mount of Olives in, Beth in Bethany in the Mount of Olives. And there he begins to give his disciples last-minute instructions. There are above 500 that saw him, above 500 that heard his instructions. And when it came to it, are you going with him or not? There was about 120 that went and did what he said. There was about 380 that went on to do other things their own ambitions that were listening to the doubting voice that was saying, Hath God said that thou shalt go to Jerusalem and there you will preach uh, baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost, if you please, repentance and remission of sins would be preached in His name, the book said, among all nations beginning at Jerusalem and uh, also about receiving the promise of the Spirit, Luke 24 and 49, and so about 180 80 obeyed his words when he said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. You go receive the Holy Ghost. And so they did. About 120, about 380 turned their back. And they had loyalties in other directions and went in other directions. And they uh, did not obey what Jesus laid down as to be the commission, if you please. And so about 120 is who we're interested in because they did what God truly said to do. And they went and they gathered together in that upper room and there they worshipped him and they praised him and they magnified him and they made supplication and prayer unto him until that day came. And God had a day. Can you imagine day after day the doubt that they fought? First day, nothing happened. Second day, nothing. We're having a good time, but nothing's happened. Third day, nothing's happened. 
My goodness, I'm telling you what, we've been here a long time. What's the deal? And it went on and went on. But when the seventh day came, which in the overall plan was the 50th day after the Passover, and the Passover was the day that you celebrated uh, the, the lamb being slain, and that represented the one who died on the cross that was given to them way back in the Old Testament. Again, the big picture. And so now we're, we're, we're in this upper room and we're uh, approaching this 50th day after the Passover. It's the day of a feast of, of the Jewish that was given by God. And that was the feast of the first fruits of the ingathering of the harvest. God is getting ready to reap the first fruits of his harvest. And about 120 represented the first fruits of that harvest, the beginnings of it. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost on that seventh day. When it was fully come, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost because a sound came from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. They all began to speak with other tongues or languages as the Spirit gave them the utterance or the ability to do so. Amen and amen and amen. I'm talking to you about inward truth for the inward man. The man that we got to, the Bible said he come by and he knocked on the door and he said, I got a friend. And he said, I, I need some food. I need some fresh bread to feed my friend that's visiting. And the answer came from the inside. We're already locked up here. And, and, and that's it. But they knocked and knocked until they woke up the man inside and would give them what they need. I'm telling you, you got to wake up the man inside. We got to get the inner man. We got to get the inner mind. We got to get that which is created in the likeness of Almighty God. It's the inward man, not your fleshly man. Nobody needs any, any help to wake up the, the rebellion, the rebellious nature disobedient nature. You don't have to teach a child to say no. Believe me, he'll say it quick enough. They learn that one sometimes before they learn mom or dad or anything else. No. Don't want to do that. That nature. That nature. And now you know how God felt when he said, who told you? Who told you no? Who told you to do that? You know? So you begin to see the manifestation of that fleshly nature. The older a child gets, the more it will manifest an independent thinking. Want to do it their way. Want to go in their direction. You know, want to take matters into their own hands. And you'll see that more and more. And what you're praying for is God. Give them the Holy Ghost. Answer my prayer, Lord. Make my life easier. That's what you're praying. When, the, when they're running on the street, and when they're running with the wrong crowd, you know, evil communications. Of, I taught them right. Evil communications. Depends who you've been listening to. Evil communications corrupt good manners. Who told you? Well, Eve coughed it up. She said, the serpent said. Oh, he did, did he? I'm going to take care of him. I'm going to put him in the dust. I'm going to curse him real good. Oh, yeah. So I'm saying to you, this thing called sin has got to be dealt with. And this sin that is so rampant in our outward person, our outward nature, I'm going to turn your attention to Psalm 5 and 9. Everybody said praise the Lord. Everybody said hallelujah. Psalm 5 
and verse 9 is where I would like to, if you want to follow and turn to it, uh, that would be wonderful. 5 and 9 from the book of Psalms. And it says it like this. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher. They flatter with their tongues. Everybody said praise the Lord. Now if you're feeling particularly motivated towards dealing with the enemy, well you can read the next verse. Destroy thou them, O God. <laughs> Woo! You may not always quite feel that zealous about things, but I do sometimes. I want the Lord to absolutely deal with the enemy and get him out of our midst. You say, well, Satan ain't around here. Oh, isn't he? Well, where did war break out? In heaven. That's where war broke out, in heaven. And don't think that Satan can't get in and among the saints. Matter of fact, he presented himself one day to sons of, of morning glory appeared unto the Lord and we're going to have a little meeting and the Bible said and Satan came Lucifer came and also presented himself and of course he set right in to cause trouble with Job you should read that book sometimes if you haven't I'll read it again if you have everybody said praise the Lord so I have read this to you from the psalm I'm going to read another psalm to you and that's 62 and 4 Psalm 62 and 4, and it reads like this. They only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth, but they curse inwardly. And the word salah means pause and reflect on that. Think about that a little bit. Let's read it again. Psalm. 62 and verse 4. They only consult, the talking, the getting together, they only consult to cast him down from his excellency. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouth. I'm glad while they lie. And he said, but they curse inwardly. He said, you think about that. You better realize what kind of spirit or spirits that sometimes you have to deal with that are going to come around and knock on your door. Hath God said? You sure that's what that verse said? You sure that's what that meant? You sure that's what was said in that conversation? Hath God said? Psalm 64, you turn a page, 64 and 6, they search out iniquities sin, lawlessness. They accomplish a diligent search. Oh, they're looking for any loophole. Anyway, I've seen people instead of looking as to how to get into the church, the body of Christ, or how to continue in the, it's not enough to get in the church. You've got to stay saved. You want to get in the church, you do that by getting saved, by getting born again. That's what saved is, to be born again of water and of the Spirit. To be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost is the salvation experience. That's the birth. So we get the baby here. We birth the baby. But then the baby's got to stick around and grow in grace and in knowledge of the Lord and learn here 
can't be a little baby all the time, you know. So you gotta you gotta stay saved. Meaning you you've been to, through the born again experience. Your inward man is awakened, and your outward man. What happened to him? Well, he got repentance. That's what he got, and that means he got crucified. That means that's why we baptize you in the name of Jesus. One reason we baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ because baptism is a burial. Romans 6 and 4, we're buried with Christ. So we're repenting, we're dying, we're crucifying the flesh. I'm not going to be rebellious anymore. I'm not going to be hateful anymore. I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to curse anymore. I'm not going to consult and get all these bad ideas and dreams schemed up to do things against the excellency of his name and his work and his church and his word. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to scheme. I'm not going to be crafty and guileful anymore. I'm going to repent of those things. I'm not going to be a womanizer anymore. I'm not, I'm not going to chase men anymore. I'm not going to let my mind, my heart, be filled with the filth and the cursing of this world anymore and all of their filthy acts. I'm not going to be a part. I'm dying to that. I'm crucifying that. And having crucified, then I'm going to get buried. I'm going to bury that old crucified nature. And then I'm going to, thank God for the preacher, going to bring you up out of the water and we're going to leave that old nature buried down there and we're going to bring you up to be born again of water and as you come up out of the waters of baptism then that is bringing you to the resurrection and you're going to get the gift of the Holy Ghost as if you will put your heart on God and if you will mean business and if your repentance meant business you know, people say, oh, sorry, I repent. Well, you know what? You can cry all day long you're an apple tree, but if I don't find some apples on the tree, I'm going to have to doubt your repentance. There's got to be some fruit. And everybody said amen. amen. Don't forget, Jesus came along, looked at a tree and cursed it and withered away and died. And the disciples that came back by and they said, woo, he's gone. And uh, had no promise of fruit had no promise of fruit. Trying to teach you an object lesson here. He's trying to get it across to us. We cannot just do things outwardly with our lips and then our heart be far from the Lord, our inward be far from the Lord. This is about inward truth for the inward man. This is about salvation. This is about you getting what you need. You can't, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. It, it cannot be done. And the denominal religious world have been trying it for centuries now. And they've tried their way. And, and religion is just man's vain, useless, worthless attempt to get to God on his own terms. Nimrod in your Bible, in the Old Testament, and God was watching him. Big hunter before the Lord. God was watching him right before his face, going back and forth, doing his junk. And he said, let's build a tower and let's build it to heaven. We don't need God, in other words. That's the spirit of it. We'll get our own salvation. We'll build our own way. to God. And man has been doing that ever since. Spirits do not die. And those spirits are still trying to get people to get to heaven on their own, to name their own salvation, to write their own rules. And, you know, it's just like that person that said, you know, do you, do you think Ananias and Sapphira, Acts chapter 5, do you think that they you know, maybe there somewhere along the line, they made it. Now, I don't read that in the Bible. But that's, that's consulting. That's man. That's getting it on your own. Figuring it out on your own. Somehow, 
somebody as a child didn't grow up and learn that no means no. <laughs> and when God tells you that sin, when it gets done, it brings death. And that there is a place called hell and a lake of fire. But God is telling you through his word that we are saying very plainly that this inward man can be dealt with. This inward man can be awakened. That you can respond to the preaching of the word of God. The loving word of God. His love is reaching to you. So don't say God doesn't love. He loves. For God so loved the world that he provided that flesh, that son, to give its life on the cross. And that if you'd believe, you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. Now if you're believing, that means you're repenting. If you're believing, that means you're getting baptized in Jesus' name. If you're believing, that means you're receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And upon that experience taking place in your life, then you have the inward man has been, been awakened and is birthed into the body of Christ, and you become this new creature in Christ Jesus. And everybody said amen. amen. But we've got folks that are searching out iniquity. They don't want truth. You've got people that accomplish a diligent search. Now, what kind of, it, see, it just depends what you're searching. What kind of search are you doing? What kind of engine? <laughs> Is it Google? What kind of engine search are you using? What are you finding? People can get on a computer and all they can search out is pornography. Or you could get into a search, as Jesus said, search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. For in them you think that you have eternal life. He said, they are they that testify of me. And if you'll do that search and do it diligently, your search is going to, is going to be fulfilled. You're going to get this true salvation. Your inner man is going to be liberated. And then you're going to be told, having whom the Son of Man has set free, he's free indeed, or who the Son of Man has made free, if you please, has been made free indeed. And that taking place in your life, then you're going to get taught from Romans to Revelation, if you stick around, you're going to get taught to stand fast in that liberty wherewith you've been called. And you're going to know that having begun in the spirit, been birthed in the spirit in the inner man, that you're not going to get perfected by the flesh. That came in and believed and gave you this experience. You're going to have to keep believing that. You can't just change here in the middle or at any part after this born again experience and think that you're going to change the rules and change the word of God and everything else. It's not going to be that way. You're going to have to get the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit. And everybody said amen. amen. Everybody said praise the, Lord. praise the Lord. I'm going to give you a few more on the negative side here, but it's the teaching of the Word of God, and I hope it will educate you. I hope it will educate you. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, I'm going to turn to Matthew. 7, Matthew chapter 7. And I should finish telling you that they search out iniquity, they accomplish a diligent search, both the inward thought of every one of them and the heart is deep. There gets to be a whole lot in that heart. A whole lot. That's why God wants to, to do the work that needs to be done in your inward man. 
People can show a lot on the outside, but inside it's full of very wickedness. The book just I just read that to you. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Everybody said praise the Lord. You know, I'm going to take your quietness that you're listening real good. God bless you. All right, Matthew chapter 7. I had a man come up to me. Um, he was helping his wife. They do extra work besides their normal jobs. They do some things on the side, clean places. And, and I, I often will pull up and I'll put a CD on the windshield. Um, but this time they happened to be outside the building. And they saw me and waved to me. And he come up to my window and he said, um, he said I really... I got to tell you, he said, I, I really enjoyed that service Sunday morning. That's the first Sunday morning he's come. He's come to a couple of Wednesdays, but he'd never been to a Sunday morning. And he said, um, he said, you really hit me. I got to tell you the truth. He said, you hit me. He said, you hurt me. You hit me below the belt where it hurts. He said, but it's right. He said, I got to do it. He said, but we're leaving tomorrow for family reunion. We're going out of state. I said, okay, I'll speak to the geek, and we'll get you a whole bunch of CDs from services to take with you. He said, okay. So we did. But uh, I was happy that he acknowledged that, you know, it might have hurt, but it's for you good. And everybody said, praise the Lord. So I'm in Matthew 7 and verse 15. And this is what the word of the Lord said. Jesus spoke and said, beware. Everybody said beware. beware. That's a very good word because it's 29 times in the Bible and it speaks for itself. You better be vigilant. You better look out. You better have your discernment going. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. That's the outside. That's the outward. Sheep's clothing. They can put on the dog. They can make it look so right and say certain things so right and do body language in a certain way and all kinds of things. Okay? And, uh, Beware of false prophets, he said, which come to you in sheep's clothing. But inwardly, inwardly, he said, they are ravening wolves. Ravening wolves are wolves that tear apart. They tear up. They do splits. They just tear everything up. I'm going to turn your attention now from Matthew to Luke. Luke chapter 11, almost like a sword drill, going to get you real used to flipping through the book here. Luke chapter 11 and verse 39 reads on this wise. And the Lord said unto him, Now do you Pharisees, people with just religion, now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and the platter, but your inward part is full of ravening and wickedness. He said, you fools. Wow. Did not he that made that which is without, the outward, make that which is within also, the inward? He said, but rather, instead of doing the one, better to do the other. He said, but rather give alms of such things as you have, and behold, all things are clean unto you. Many things I could go on. He said, but woe unto you, a warning of judgment. He said, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs 
and pass over judgment and the love of God. He said, these ought ye to have done. So it's not wrong to do the things they did. He commends them for that. But he said, and not, these ought ye to have done, and not to leave the other undone. Everybody said, praise the Lord. There are teachings in the Word of God. They are not to be designed to be superficial. They're not supposed to be outward on the outside. Everything that should happen and show and manifest itself on the outside has to first come and be produced from the inside. There's got to be that cleansing of the inward first, where all the ravening wickedness is all of these bad things, this iniquity is. As Jesus said, it's what's from within. That's the where it's all at. All the issues of life, it's all on the inside. And he's telling you that you've got to become aware of this inward. That we've got to let God deal with our inner inward person. Okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm going to read you from Romans. Romans chapter 2 right in the beginning of Romans. And once again, to put a little emphasis and show you how important getting things in the proper order and perspective are here. Everybody said hallelujah? hallelujah. All right, man, let's get seated quietly and quickly. Thank you. Romans chapter 2 and verse 20. I'm going to start with verse 28. For he is not a Jew. Now you could just as well say a saint, which is one outwardly. Oh. He said, neither is that circumcision which is outward in the flesh. Now you see the Jewish got very hung up on the things from the Old Testament under the law, and even those that claimed to get this experience of Acts 2.38, they had to be taught and very strongly spoken to because they wanted to go back under that, and they wanted to mix the old with the new, and Jesus had already taught you can't do that because it's going to burst, not going to work. So notice he says in verse 29, he's told you what it's not. Now he's going to tell you what it is. He said, but he is a Jew or a saint, which is one, meaning a spiritual Jew. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly, He's just told you it's not outwardly. It's not fleshly. It's not by some lineage of the flesh and who mom was and who dad was. Okay? Not about that. Not your pedigree. It's not the letters after your name. It's not your bank account. Thank God. But he is a Jew, which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart in the spirit. not in the letter whose praise is not of men but of God I'm not looking to get the praise of people this is not a popularity contest now we're not going around picking fights and we're not trying to be it said the church will be hated of all nations and all men for his namesake but we're not egging that on we're just going about our father's business we're just doing what we're told to do and very often in sharing the Word of God and the plan of God and the love of God and the, and the commandments of God and the teachings of God, 
people, and you're doing that in love, people can view that as an act of hatred. And believe me, they're going to legislate that after a while. So, once again, that inward. Okay, now I'm going to, I know you feel like I gave you a lot of bitter. Let me go back to the sweet. Everybody said praise the Lord. All right, I'm going to turn your attention at this time to the book of Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. Matthew chapter 23. And verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Okay. And again, a warning. He called them hypocrites with strong emotion. He didn't say, you hypocrites. <laughs> he said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's what that exclamation point means. Strong emotion. Jesus did get emotional. He knew how to show emotion. Doesn't mean he was uncontrolled, but he know, knew how to show emotion. I mean, if you're about to get run over by a truck, and I say, look out. Look out. No, no. You want me to say, look out! Because <laughs> then I got your attention, you're going to look out. <laughs> so, okay. I think we made the point there. Uh, so we're in 23 and verse 25 here. Woe unto you, <laughs> scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. He said, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. We've got to clean the inside of the cup first. We've got to get to the real inward you, okay, that is designed to be after the image and the likeness of God. And we have got this, been encased in this body of death. And this carnal mind is ruling. And we're we're subject to doing the wrong things. And that which I would, I don't do it. I always feel that way when the sweets get passed around. I shouldn't have that ice cream, but I just can't help myself. <laughs> All right. And there's a whole lot we're talking about worse than ice cream. You know that. All right. All right. Everybody said praise the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, talking to you about inward truth for the inward man. And that's where we need it. This is 7 and 1. Everybody said praise the Lord. And everybody said hallelujah. All right. Having therefore, now this is teaching to the church. Let me make that clear. Once you pass the book of Acts, you hit the book of Romans, from Romans to Revelation are teachings to the body of Christ, people who have been born again of water and the Spirit. doesn't mean you can't learn from it. You can, but you cannot preach salvation from it unless you know how to link it back to the book of Acts where salvation was poured out and given and taught and experienced. Everybody said amen. amen. The Bible, in other words, from Romans to Revelation is written to people who have already got the Holy Ghost already been baptized in Jesus' name. 
and now it's teaching them, now that you're saved, we're going to further your education spiritually so that you can stay saved, all right? And along with that, we're going to teach you how to save others, and that is your commission. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. That's your inward spirit, your inward, okay, the invisible, the inward perfecting or completing holiness in the fear of God. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Praise Amen. Lord. And everybody said, hallelujah. hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5, just a few pages in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 26. Okay, so we're at Ephesians 5 and 26. And I am going to read to you that it said here, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. This is how God works in the church, to the church. There is this cleansing that comes through the word of God, through the services of God. So important that we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So important that we don't start making up our own rules and forsake that by, as the manner of some people is. And we not only wind up having, people wind up having less church, less gathering together where he said two or three and I'm in the midst, uh, less of that, but also there starts to become then a less of God in people's lives, in their, the good Holy Ghost effect in the, on the inward part. There's a less uh, inputting, inputting of truth. And so there becomes less of a, uh, a manifestation of the Spirit of the Lord and His working in a person's life. And so things on the outside begin to die because something has begun to die on the inside. So it's kind of like a plant, and you're not watering it, you're not giving it the proper nutrient, and it's not on the inside. That root is shrinking up. It's not getting down where it's supposed to. The inward man is not getting it. And so the, the roots are beginning to shrivel up. And the fruit is beginning to wither. And the petals are beginning to fall off and turn different colors. And it's all signaling outward to you, I better water the plant. Well, we better not forsake the assembling of ourselves as a manner of some is. We better not shrink back from the scriptural things and the holy things and the godly things and, and our involvement in the work of God. Well, we're going to shrivel up and die. And everybody said amen. amen. So here you are in uh, Ephesians 5 and 26, and he said that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. We need the word of God and we need the washing that it gives to us because every day, there are things all around you in this world, things that you can see and things that you cannot see that are constantly attacking, constantly trying to wear down the saints. And that's biblical terminology, seeking to wear out the saints, okay? Want to wear you down, want you to become weary in well-doing when you're told not to do that. All right? Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm going to James, the book of James. Chapter 4, 
verse 8. once heard a, a tape on the radio. It was a news thing that they were playing and um, about a, a celebrity. And this celebrity they found dead. Um, they diagnosed and autopsied and came to the conclusion that this individual was taking different forms of drugs. And the heart stopped. The individual died. Very young age, maybe 26, something like that. Um, very popular in the world and very gifted evidently in the things of the world. But they played a tape from before he died. And on that tape you could hear him. And they said he was in at a party and at the party there were drugs. And evidently there was an introduction of some very potent and powerful and dangerous drugs. All drugs are that way, but some are to a greater degree. For an example, I'll take a little digression here. I read of a man, a uh, young man, that at 20, probably 22 years of age, it might have even been 21, he was um, finishing up college, and he, in the world, was the number one pick in the NBA. And he went out with friends that night to celebrate. And for the first time in his life, he snorted cocaine, and he died that night from the first time of indulging in sin because he listened to his friends and because the flesh. I know I shouldn't do this, but there's something, there's a force present here. There's a spirit present here, and he partook of it. So did this other individual, celebrity, 26 so years old, and he could be heard on the tape. And the, and the drugs was flowing all around him, people all around him, and he could be heard saying, I don't need to be here. I don't need to be here. I don't need to do this. I need, I need to go. I, I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. I shouldn't do this. And the next thing, they found him dead. Found him dead. So that which I would in the flesh, because I'm in the flesh, because it's all outward, that which I would not, I do. And when I would do good, I find that there's something present with me that's keeping me from doing that good. But you see, Jesus said, I've come. I'm here now. I've given my life on the cross. I've arisen from the dead. And I have set in motion my church. I birthed it. And it's going into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature. It's coming to baptize you in my name, and my name is Jesus. My name is the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I'm coming to baptize you. I'm sending forth my church. I've commissioned them. I've empowered them. And if they work, I will work with them with signs and wonders and miracles. I will bring to you the truth, because I'm not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance water baptism in Jesus' name, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said amen. amen. 4 and 8 of James. He said, draw near. Well, let's go back. He said, submit yourselves, verse 7, therefore to God. You've got to submit yourself. Well, I don't like to be told what to do. You've got to submit yourself. 
it's just something that when I'm told to do it I, and I have to do it, I, yeah, that's called flesh. That's called flesh. And that's called that evil is present with you, trying to get you. Hath God said? Did God really mean that? That's not what that means. I thought, if I could get your fleshly mind to quit thinking and wake up that spiritual mind, and we'd have a whole lot of what they had in the upper room, harmony. And the Holy Ghost was poured out. And everybody was jumping up and down and speaking in other tongues and sending the message. And people down there could understand. You know? All them, you know, I'll just say, if you don't mind, even though they were, well, I'll just say they were Galileans. It's like saying they were Americans. You know? And, but the person from the other country who only spoke their language, they could understand because somebody was speaking their language, because somebody was being filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking with another language as God's Spirit gave them the ability to do it. And God was saying, you, I'm going to speak through you, and you're going to be speaking to that group down there. You know? It's like I tell my Spanish friends and, and then my French Creole friends and my French friends that um, after about two or three words or two or three sentences, I'm done. I've run out. No more vocabulary. Don't know anymore. But you see, when, you, when the Holy Ghost does it, it's not about you knowing anything except Him. You know Him. And, and, and if God chooses, He can empower somebody with what's called the gift of tongues. But you can't have that until you got the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because he's the gift giver. And everybody said amen. And everybody said hallelujah. So I was back to where we're at. So notice he said here, he said submit yourself. And I'm telling you, I'd like to back up because it's all good. But anyway, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you've got to put up some fight. You've got to resist the devil. He wants you to talk back. He wants you to be disobedient. He wants you to be disrespectful. He wants you to walk out the door. He wants you to transgress. And he wants you to stomp right over the blood of Jesus Christ. And nobody ever thinks they do that. I'm sure Ananias and Sapphira didn't think they were doing that when they were consulting behind the scenes. And they wound up lying. And then they wound up dead and buried. You know, the wife had a chance to stand up. He was already dead, gone, and buried. And she came in later. And she was asked the same question. She had an opportunity to tell the truth. And if she would have fallen down and said, if we've sinned and, and we concocted a plan and it was against the leadership and against everything that's right, and please forgive me. Oh, it would have been great. Then she could have got back up again and everybody, everything could have been fine. But instead, she lied and then she fell down and couldn't get back up again. Sounds like my old phone. It fell down and it couldn't get up again. That's why the geek got me a new one. And it's so complicated, I can't run it. <laughs> Everybody said, praise the Lord. And you know, you got to do everything with your finger. And I got fat fingers and it just, you know. Submit yourselves to God. Resist the devil. He'll run away. He, he doesn't want to hear the name of Jesus. He doesn't want you to say that in truth. 
He doesn't want you. Now let me put that into a real life scenario. Somebody comes up to tell you something that's a lie or that just gossip and you don't know if it's a, a lie or not and you just say, I don't want to hear it. In the name of Jesus, I don't want to hear it. Oh, they're going to leave. Oh, they're going to go. You know, the devil and them that's controlling them, they're going to tuck tail and run. They're going to leave. They don't want somebody that stands up to them and says, we shouldn't be talking like that. We shouldn't be doing that. You know. So there's your verse on that. Now notice he says here, draw near. This is what you should do. He said, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye filthy sinners. Now this is to the church. And purify, cleanse it, purify your hearts, ye double-minded. One day I love you, Pastor, and the next day I hate you. Oh, did I say that? One day I had a man in the, came in the office, and, and just a matter of a couple of weeks before that, he was crying, big crocodile tears going down there saying, people talk bad about you. Well, I know you're a good man. You're a good man. You're a good man. Okay, 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 good, okay, I got it, great, okay, wonderful. Came back in two weeks later and said, I'm taking my family and I'm leaving because you let people come in here and tell lies on me. I said, okay, here's the pad, here's the pen. Write down who came in here and what the lies were. You write anything true and I'll tell you. Nothing ever got written, the pen didn't get picked up. And then, of course, I disrespected. Out of nowhere, pulled that one. But two weeks before, <laughs> you good man, you good man. You know? Wow, you know, double-minded. And the Bible said a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways, and let him not think he's going to get anything from God. But that don't mean he's not going to go off saying he's getting something from God or fronting, putting on the act, okay, and using God's name to do it, all right? But I'm going to tell you what, things have a way of catching up. And I'm not after the catching up on anybody. I'm after the catching the souls. It's like a man asked me the other day, he wanted me to be a part of his golfing tournament. And I said, oh, I said, you know, if I went out there, everybody would quit and leave. I'm that bad. And I said, truly, he said, I, I don't golf. And he, he, I said, now, I said, I don't have nothing against it. I said, I want to make that clear. I really do against tournaments and things of that nature, but just the game itself, I'm not against it. Uh, a little ra relaxation for somebody, if you're not any, like anything else, you're not overdoing it. And, uh, but I said, I said, you know, I said, actually, I fish for people. I said, that's what I do. That's what I do. That's what I'm called to do. I had a guy arguing one time because I didn't fly anymore. I used to fly in college, and I didn't fly anymore. And uh, he got mad at me because I said, I, I got the Holy Ghost. And he said, well, if you could do that without the Holy Ghost, how much could you do with the Holy Ghost? And I thought, yeah, how much time I could waste. I, I, need, to, I need to be fishing for people, you know. And I need you to help me to fish for people, so shut up and fish. Oh, did I say that? Wow. Everybody said, praise the Lord. Well, that shouldn't be, I don't know if that's in the archives, archives, but I know I did preach on that one time here. First John, I'm going to give you the real goodies right now. I hope you'll appreciate it. 
I'm talking to you about inward truth for the inward man. And I shall say for your inward man. 1 John chapter 1, some of the deepest teaching in the Word of God right here. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. To the church. I can't take you and, you know, you know, I kid Tom about having, you know, he's got Monday, he's got Tuesday, he's got Wednesday, he's working on the rest of the weeks, one girl for each day. But he's only talking to them, he's only friends with them, and it's Tom, and I can trust him, so I can say that, okay? Don't anybody get any ideas. Some of you I wouldn't trust, trust past Sunday, let alone Monday. <laughs> Not that any of you are sitting right here, but, you know. But uh, what I am saying to you is that, that uh, we have to realize that the Lord is making a way for the church here. We can't take you every day, and you did it wrong, so we've got to take you and rebaptize you, okay? <coughs> I got baptized, I got the Holy Ghost, but I did it wrong. Well, we're not going to take you and rebaptize you and then try to, once again, get you the Holy Ghost because that's not what the Bible teaches, okay? You can't be born again again. We settled that with Nicodemus. What do I do? And the second time in my mother's womb? No, you must be born again of water and of the Spirit, or you cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God. Okay? So once the church has truly birthed you, and you have grown in grace and knowledge, and you're bearing fruit, then yes, suppose you should make a mistake. Then this is what the Bible is teaching to the church. Okay? And it's to cleanse yourself of all unrighteousness. And everybody said amen. amen. And you should bear fruit of that. Everybody said amen. amen. You know, let me liken the, the sin to the guy that will put his thumb up there and he's involved in sin and he, bam, hits that thumb. Oh, 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 Jesus. And so Jesus heals his thumb. Wow. Wow, this is good. That's great. Try that again. Bam. He did that about three or four times and after a while, He's screaming, heal me, Lord, heal me, Lord. And about the sixth or seventh time, the Lord said, move your thumb. <laughs> Cleanse yourself from all unrighteousness. Time to get rid of the sin. Remember, he told the Israelites, he told them ten times, you vexed me. Ten times. These ten times. He said, now... Now we're going we're gonna to show you that things are going to be a little bit different for you. Things are going to be a little bit different. Our God is a good God, and He loves us. He's a loving Father. And if you consider this to be a chastisement, which means training, then you are to love it, knowing that it afterward, though right now it may seem you're smarting a little bit, said afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that will let it do its work in your life, that are exercised thereby, let it do its work. Let's stand together. Inward truth for the inward man. God desires that. Once again, the psalmist, everybody said praise the Lord. Psalm 51. He said here, behold, take a good look. Thou desirest truth in the inward parts. 
and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. God desires that in us. We can, we can do a lot of fronting on the outward, and the flesh can produce all kinds of rationalizations and all kinds of excuses and all of this and all of that, but God's looking to the inward man. You, people can say, I'm this and I'm that, but God said that outward, it isn't it. He said it's that inward. And that outward doesn't love the Word of God and the things of God, but that inward man, he delights after that. Let's wake up that inner man. Let's give that inner man the preeminence. Let's get him awake and get him exercising, get him strong, get him to growing in grace and knowledge because we want to make heaven. We want to save others and help them go to heaven. And, you know, when we, when we go the outward fleshly carnal route, we only bring a lot of misery to ourselves. That's all we bring. We bring, invite spirits in to tear up our lives. And everybody said amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Let's take a moment, lift our hearts with our hands, and we're going to worship Him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy God. I want to clap a little louder than before. I want to sing a little louder than before. Oh, 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 oh. I want to jump a little higher than before. I want to shout a little louder than before. Oh, oh, oh. Freedom, 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 freedom. God, thank you for freedom, 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 freedom. I want to clap a little louder than before. I want to sing a little louder than before. Oh, I want to jump a little higher than before. I got to shout a little louder than before. Oh, 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 oh. I want to worship deeper than before. 